Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with a heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about brain surgery for addiction. Oh my, oh my, oh my. I don't even know where to start with this one. So I'm just going to start with God's word because you can always count on God and his word for truth. In Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15, it says this, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. They're talking about Jesus here. The Bible's talking about Jesus. That through death, Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, verse 15 is key. Listen to this. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to, to lifelong slavery. So how do we avoid lifelong slavery? How do we avoid lifelong addiction problems? Well, as believers, we share the hope of the gospel so that the heart of the addicted might be saved, so that their soul might be saved, that they might have eternal life and possess something that they would have in this life, but also in the next that the Holy Spirit would indwell them, that they'd have a new family in the church and have brothers and sisters who love Jesus and see God as their heavenly father, and that they take care of each other and help each other, that they would have the word of God to, to change their thinking, help them to think thoughts that are biblical and true, that only come from God, that help us to discern and understand all the pressures, all the problems, in this world, and that they would have Jesus Christ as their Savior for the next life, for eternal life, but also in this life, that you can rest assured that you can be delivered from this fear of death that Hebrews 2.15 talks about. The only way you're delivered from it is through Jesus Christ, because he's the one who took the power of death away from the devil. He's the one that gives us hope in eternal life. So that leads me to talk about brain surgery for addiction. I mean, can can brain surgery really help the addicted? And I've written about this. I was interviewed in a World Magazine article about this, and you'll see some of the links in the notes here. And I'm going to say some really strong things here that uh, you may want to turn this off right now because I am not going to hold back uh, on this topic at all. Brain surgery treating drug disorders at West Virginia University. That's the the, um, name of an article written. uh, It's Channel 12 News, WBOY. This is a little bit dated back in September of 2021. It's hit the news lately a few more times. And then also in the title, it says this, One Patient's Reason, I Don't Want to Die. That's his reason. Well, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about deep brain stimulation. That's the treatment. Don't you love that word, treatment? That's the treatment, DBS, deep brain stimulation, at West Virginia University. and, And that's what they're doing to treat drug abusers. So a guy, his name is James Fisher, 36 years old. 
he's gonna be the next recipient of this experimental surgery. That's what the article says. I'm gonna tell you, they're experimenting on us people like we're mice, like we're rats. Um, and, and maybe that sounds too strong, but this is experimental. This guy, James Fisher, he's desperate. I feel sad for him. I hope you do too, and I hope you'll pray for him because we want him to be delivered from the fear of death. We want that for him. He's wanting to be delivered from the fear of death, but he's going to do it through West Virginia University, an experimental surgery that I've read costs $50,000. I don't know who pays for that. Um, but he qualified for this because he had multiple overdoses and he had multiple attempts at drug treatment. Well, I'm just going to tell you, drug treatment doesn't often work. I won't say it never works, but it doesn't often work. It's a racket. And I'm, I'm going to be brutal in this podcast. So he's tried multiple times at a racket. at something that doesn't work. And he's failed in that. And they always tell you in AA, you know, it works if you work it. But if it doesn't work, well, that's on you, buddy. Well, well what a great system that is, right? It works if you work it. But if you don't work it, it's not going to work. So we're it's not our fault. We didn't do anything wrong, says the a drug treatment program or, or AA or whatever. It works if you work it, but you obviously didn't work it. You obviously didn't get there. So that's that's the scam that is the drug treatment world. And so this guy, James Fisher, who I, my heart breaks for him. I, I want you to know that. He's going to go undergo a procedure where doctors are going to implant electrodes into nickel-sized holes that are drilled into his skull in an effort to cut drug cravings. Let me say that again. The procedure is going to be doctors are going to go into his head through nickel-sized holes, not penny size, not dime size, nickel-sized holes drilled into his skull, and they're going to implant these electrodes in an effort. It's an effort to cut drug cravings. And guess what? James Fisher will be awake for part of it. Maybe he's already done it. They've had three of these surgeries for drug addiction. And the report was one of the persons relapsed after having the surgery, went back to drugs and alcohol. One person had the surgery, lives in like a halfway house kind of setting and takes Suboxone to help him. So he's getting additional chemicals. He's living in a safe, structured house for, for addiction, as well as having this drug um, procedure for, for, you know, brain drug, I can't even talk, deep brain stimulation uh, procedure in his head. So he's ha having all three of those. It's not like it's just the surgery that helped this guy, the first guy who apparently has remained clean and sober for two years, which that's great. We, we, we rejoice for him. We're glad for that. But let's not minimize the fact that he gets Suboxone, a drug, that he lives in a, in a safe, structured environment designed around helping drug addicts stay clean and sober, and he had this surgery. So it's not just the surgery. 
and he's their success, their claim to their claim to fame. And James Fisher is the third. So you've got a fifty percent success rate right now, fifty percent success. But that the one that's successful also had additional helps built in as well. And here's what James Fisher said. I'm getting holes drilled into my brain like it's scary. I don't want to die. And that's why he's undergoing the procedure. It's fear of death. He doesn't want to die. He, he's been living in the bondage of drug addiction. Oh, I have friends in West Virginia. I love the state of West Virginia. It's beautiful if you've ever been there. I know people make fun of West Virginia, and that's unfortunate because the people and the state, it's just a great place. But this West Virginia um, attempt at helping people, I think, is radically off base. I, I don't. That's why I don't want to hold back on this. I want to be very clear. I think this is something that that shouldn't be condoned. Now they do this surgery or have done it in the past for people who have Parkinson's disease. Which is, which is great. If it helps Parkinson's and it's been successful in that, wonderful. I mean, I think all of us, most of us, would say Parkinson's disease is a bad thing, right? And I say most of us because here's the thing. If you support certain psychotropic drugs, some of the antipsychotics and some of the other drugs, those drugs do in your brain what Parkinson's disease does in the brain. And we'd all say Parkinson's disease is bad. I don't want people to get Parkinson's disease. But I'll give them this medication, which I think is good. It's going to help stabilize their mood. It's going to help them in whatever ways that people say it helps them. It's going to do that. But the drug does the same thing that Parkinson's disease does. So how could it be bad if it's Parkinson's disease, but good... If it's in a pill form, I'll tell you why we think that way or why some of you think that way, because I don't think that way. And I hope that if you're listening, you don't think that way. But a lot of people think the pharmaceutical companies are our big answer, that we've got to have pills to fix our emotions. We've got to have pills to fix our our sin problems. We've got to have pills. We've got to have brain surgery. We've got to have a medical intervention. It's a disease of addiction. We've got to have, and it's just not true. If you believe that right now, you've believed a lie. It's not true. Yes, do we have overwhelming emotions? You better believe it. When someone that you love dies, you're overwhelmed with emotion. You feel powerless. God meant for that to be so that you get on your knees in grief and that you cry out to the, the one true God for help and that he would uh, send his son to die for us and in place of us for our sin, to atone for our sin. That, that's a huge blessing that God means for us to get to places where we see that we need him, that we need a savior, that we need Jesus. So yeah, if you've believed the lie that this addiction thing is a disease, uh, it's not. There, there's not scientific proof out there. They have some MRI brain scans and some different things, and, and that's the, 
the promulgation of, of this whole lie is that deep brain stimulation makes sense because it's obviously, a, addiction is obviously a brain disease. And because it's a brain disease, we have to have brain surgery to fix the, the they're trying to fix the immaterial and medicalize that. And that's what they're trying to do with pills. It's no different. It's the next logical step in this whole progression of mental health. Mental health thinks that they can medicalize the immaterial. That's my quote that I said in World Magazine. Read that article. The, the author of that article, she's a, a, an extraordinarily gifted writer, really summed up the whole procedure on this. You can read all the details on this deep brain stimulation. And you get a picture, I, I do when I read that, of desperation. James Fisher, it was desperate. He's desperate. And that desperation was meant to lead him to Jesus Christ. It was meant for one of us to walk across his path and say, James, let me tell you some good news. There's hope. And it's the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of Jesus Christ for the heart of the addicted. And, and you are addicted, but there's hope. God forgives you of your sin through Jesus. That's why we call it a sin problem and not some man-made, hypothetical, theoretical disease. Now, here, here come the hate mail and send it on because I want you to prove to me that this is a scientific medical problem, that this is a brain disease. Please please send me those articles. I would love to, to fill my inbox with proof. But I'll tell you what, whatever you send me, it's not going to be real scientific proof. And this guy, James Fisher, is a lab rat to these people who are charging him 50 grand for a brain surgery that they've used for Parkinson's successfully, they say, and I, I hope that's true. I'm believing that to be true. But there's not proof that this works for drug addiction because one of the two guys who've already had it relapsed and went right back to drugs. Imagine getting nickel-sized holes drilled in your head and electrodes implanted in your brain, and you go right back out and use drugs. And the whole procedure that you paid $50,000 for is now uh, wasted because you're going right back to drugs. Well, that's what's happening. And yet they're touting this as a, a next new uh, pioneering adventure to go out and try uh, to help drug addicts because they're so desperate. We can try to help them. They're lab rats to these people doing surgery. That's what they are. And I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a biologist. I'm a biblical counselor who's looking at this situation, utilizing God's word and what God's spirit has taught me and analyzing this and saying, this is wrong, it's bad, and they're taking advantage of James Fisher now, I can't save James Fisher in, in and of myself. I can lead him to Christ. I can share Christ with him. But even then, God's got to stir in his spirit and give him new life. He's got to be saved by God. I can't save him. And yet, that's the message I can give him. And I can teach him why the Bible's true. And I can spend time with him and help him to know Christ. 
and it won't end his suffering in this life because we all are still experiencing suffering. If you're a Christian, you know that to be true. But in the next life, in the next life, there's no hell for those who are trusting in Jesus Christ. Hell is a dark place. Hell is a weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth described kind of place. It's not pretty. It's not fun. It's not going to be ACDC playing music and everybody partying and having a good time uh, like people often think it is. It is going to be painful, hot, dark. And when I say dark, you won't be able to see the person standing right next to you. That kind of dark. And therefore, you're going to be lonely and you're going to feel lonely. That ought to compel you if you're a believer and you're hearing that description. ought to compel you to want to share the hope of the gospel with everyone, the addicted and everyone. I have uh, in my email, I have two folders. I, I hate your book. I love your book. <laughs> and, um, and so when I get emails, I read them and I either, you know, I try to answer all of them. Uh, in a in a gracious way, I try to be very gracious with my haters, um, but because you know I I, I want to pray for them, I want to love them, I want to help them, and um, and so I just put your email in one of those two folders and I move on with my life. Uh, this this brain surgery is uh, unbelievable when you read about it, and I hope you'll read more and research more. This this is. But again, this is the natural progression of when you think of uh, addiction as a brain disease. Of course, the DSM calls it a disorder, not a disease. And there's a contradiction there, I believe, in what the DSM, the new version of that, calls addiction, substance use disorder, and what AA and 12 Steps and the, the broad treatment community tend to call it a disease well, is it a disease or is it a disorder? Is it disordered thinking? Is it disease thinking? And then some people will try to say both. Well, I say nay, nay, it's neither. It's not a disease. It's not a disorder. It's a sinful heart problem. It's a desire problem. It's a problem of unbelief, not believing truth. And then, and by not believing it, when you believe something, you act on it, you do it. And people aren't doing what. God says in his word. So yeah, I, I wish that these nickel-sized holes, these uh, probes that go down, electrodes, whatever they are, that go down into one of the brain's reward centers, it's called the nucleus accumbens, that these tiny little sparks of electricity could quiet powerful cravings and allow the brain to make good decisions and make proper judgments and live in a way that would be drug-free, but really even greater than that, something that would glorify God. That's how we have to live, to live as people who glorify God. And so I've written a couple blogs about this uh, on our website. You can read those. I just um, am kind of beside myself, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this is the natural, logical progression. It's a brain disease, therefore we need to do brain surgery. It's a medical problem, therefore we give them chemicals like methadone, suboxone, and, and other drugs uh, that have side effects, severe side effects, and aren't really giving freedom. Uh, and let's give them a brain surgery treatment that's experimental at this point, 
And I guess you'd say, well, every every surgery at the first time they did it was experimental. Okay, yeah. We're all lab rats. <laughs> We're all undergoing the practice of medicine. So yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in in believers who believe the lies that were just told and aren't thinking for themselves. They're not thinking biblically. They're not turning to God for help. And, and, and we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of it myself. So I'm not preaching at you or, or yelling at you or whatever. I'm talking about me as well. We can't have our hope in the government. I think that's pretty clear. We can't have our hope in the medical field. And I think hopefully that's becoming more clear for people. It's becoming clear to me each and every day, and I hope it is for you, that our hope is in Jesus Christ, not in this life. We may die today, tomorrow, next week, next month. I've heard of two young people who have died within the last week, and it's just tragic. So we think, we live and think like, I'm going to live forever. But God says, you know what? I, I hold your life. There, there's Ecclesiastes talks about a, a time to be born, a time to die. God knows those things, and God knows that we struggle with the fear of death. So guess what he did? He sent a solution, and it's the best solution we could ever have. I'm smiling big because it's in Jesus Christ. He's the one. So now let's read this again in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, that's all of us, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same things. He came down. He didn't consider being God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and came down to be fully human. That through death, Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Fear of death and lifelong slavery. That is what's rampant in our world. That is what gives us an opportunity to share the hope of the gospel. Some people are going to reject. That's why our tack logo has three crosses. The middle cross is Jesus. The two side crosses represent the thieves on the cross. One of them rejected Jesus. He's dead and he's in hell. The other one accepted Jesus, received Jesus, believed in Jesus, and Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. We have that same message, and we can give people hope because today they can be with Jesus in paradise. I'm going to tell you, paradise is a whole lot better than these United States of America than this world we're living in now, which is fallen, corrupted, polluted with man's sin and death and and disease, real disease. And paradise is so much better. And that's what Jesus has given us. So you don't have to be afraid. I don't know why as believers we're so afraid of what people think. We're afraid to say the truth. We're afraid. You know what? If they try to kill us and they're successful, We're going to be in paradise with him forever. So I need you to be bold. If you're listening to this and you're part of the Addiction Connection, can you start being more bold about the truth of the gospel? 
a lot of you are bold about 12 steps. Uh, And I've talked ad nauseum about that. I want you to be bold about Christ Jesus and the Bible and the truths that are there. Let's start being bold about the right things. We need to start being bold about Jesus Christ. He's the only answer, and he's the solution for the problem of addiction. So I hope you listen to this podcast. I'm sure it's going to make parts of it might make you mad. But I'm going to tell you, your hope can't be in anything else. can't be in your medical doctor. It can't be in your surgeries. It can't be in your treatments. It can't be in eating the proper food. It can't be in eating the proper, having the proper diet or having the, the, the fashionable clothes. It can't be in any of those things. Your hope, your certainty of hope has to come in a person. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Take care and God bless.